Here we go. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for season two? There were seasons. Oh, oh no. Oh, then what is this? Uh, welcome back, everybody, for the first episode of season two of DGG Presents. Are you back and ready to roll, Don? I think so. Was season one as good for me as it was for you? Um, I mean, you'll have to answer that yourself because I don't know how good it was for you, but you know. Are you sure? No, not even a little bit. Good. <laughs> Alright, so first episode of Season 2, we're going to give kind of an update on what we've been doing recently and what is coming up. So, first thing we're going to touch on is the day we're recording this, we have a live play that's going to be broadcast on Twitch of one of the an indie, indie uh, tabletop RPG called Widdershins. Um, Dawn is going to be running a few of us through that, uh, and we're going to do character creation on screen which we discussed and we decided that we are going to do that, even though it's, you know, it's just part of the game that usually you don't see on streams. But part of our goal here is just to showcase and promote these indie games. And one of the ways to do that is to show how easy and how quick it is maybe to create a character and get into them and get started. Right, Don? Yeah. I mean, really, we're going to jump in, dive in, especially with these story focused games that are rules light like i have an idea of a setting and we're just gonna dive in and start playing and see where we end up a lot of this is to showcase how fun and interesting these indie games can be a lot of them have some really specific focuses that can be a lot of fun uh the one Wittershins is about kind of like toy story in a way except the That's setting exactly what yeah. i was thinking yeah. when i read it too i was like this is very like toy story-esque and me being done i gotta put a twist on it so it's gonna be like in this neo-victorian setting where the seas have boiled away and so there's just this overhanging mist across the entire world so you got kind of like the steampunk-esque extreme kind of like misty london kind of vibe where the characters will be taking place and i think it'll be real fun uh, something else you can expect is after Don and I have uh, run and or played in these games, uh, we're going to take some notes, obviously, and then we're going to do a little podcast review of the system. Talk about some of the pros, some of the cons, and just how much we like it overall. And, you know, talk a little bit, hopefully, about the creators. You know, we'll be having either people that played in the game or maybe, if we can, one of the creators or people that worked on the game maybe join us just for a little discussion about you know, to get a little background on why they developed the game, you know, why they started it. Just to, you know, we think that's really going to help people connect with the game more once they understand the thought process behind it and people who have played it that had no part in creating it. And yeah. Independent, an independent review, so you will. That way you know there's no bias. Yeah, I mean, really, we just we wanted to reach out and touch with the indie community and give the audience that we're going to get, even if it's a small audience, if you can get exposed to new systems and games, you're just going to be able to add that to your GM and player arsenal. And those ideas and concepts, especially when you listen to what the creators have to say, can really help inspire your play, regardless of the system. Because really what we're about here is that strong communication and collaborative storytelling. I mean, that's that's what DGG is really all about when you break it down. And we're just kind of a little bit crazy about systems, too. Well, 
Dawn is a little bit crazy yeah. about systems. Dawn is a systems junkie. Um, this is kind of a step outside. I wouldn't necessarily say my comfort zone, but something I don't do very often is I'm like, you know what? I don't want to spend the energy to learn a new system. So I'm, I think it's a good actually mix between Dawn and I for that. Yes. Dawn loves to learn new systems. So Dawn's going to dive in head first and go about and try and learn these things where I'm going to be a little more reluctant and maybe ask some more questions and be like, okay, but so that right there is a good dynamic, I think, to help explore well, yeah. you know, how easy and how rules light some of these games are, which is awesome. Like it's, it's really awesome. You know, I've, or we'll be working on characters for this. I've recently uh, have a live stream coming up. We're not sure when, where I'm going to be a player in the game of Zen never dies. Yeah. Same company that developed this Wittershins game. Yeah. And uh, it looked really interesting and I'm still kind of like, I feel like I'm floundering a little bit just cause that's a me thing. Well, but uh, like I read through it and I'm excited. <laughs> I read through it and I'm like, okay, so gods are bad at this. Like that's the first <laughs> thing you kind of get a feel for is like, Gods are kind of like kids with a magnifying glass at an anthill kind of thing. They just want to see what happens when they start screwing with stuff. So, like, the system is interesting. I, I'm curious to see it. Like, I need to read through it some more because I might join you on that if their scheduling lines up because that would be fun. It just depends if they have space or not. So, yeah. But Zen Never Dies looks interesting. So that's our indie game update. Uh, now the kind of DGG content update we're going to dive into is we released this month, May 2022, we released a trap for our patrons um, called the Second Deadly Sin. Um, this was something that I have used in a game and Don got to experience as a player. <laughs> um, I have since refined it just a little bit, kind of put more, more, a little bit, few more rules to it, so that way it's easy to follow for other people to run. Yeah. Um, there's a notes section at the end of this that kind of tells you different ways to customize and make the trap a little more difficult based on player level and everything. Or, so, you know, if you just want to be devious. Yeah. Oh, and also, I put in some notes about ways to take this trap and put it, convert it to other systems. Because the basis of the rules of this trap are in the D&D 5e system. So at the end, there's that notes page about ideas to convert it into any other, like, other systems that are out there. Just to give you some ideas and a starting point. That way, this is, you know, you can use this. And it's not just only for 5e. Yeah, absolutely. You really want to be able to share that concept. Because... Traps by themselves, they might seem mundane, but really you can see the poetry in trap making if you make them one part puzzle, one part something that doesn't really affect them level wise so much as it does that they, I don't know, like obviously save numbers are going to matter, but when you create things that you have to solve a puzzle to defeat, it makes it way more dynamic and challenging for the players. And having that as a concept you can share across systems is great. Um, another thing, Don and I are going to be part of a uh, podcast coming up soon that should well be released, where we are going to take a um, another, we're being hosted by another person, and they are taking a tour with us through the world of Prisma, yep. that is, you know, like 99% Dawn's creation, just with a little bit of input here and there from me and some editing and spell checking, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> know how it goes. Dawn's, yeah. Something Dawn's working on for a long time. We're going to take a uh, meta dimensional tour through this world. And uh, this world is something that exists in Dawn's home games. And also, pieces of it were taken to be used in our season one of our west marches campaign yeah the time tracking is really helpful <laughs> <laughs> 
So we're not going to dive too much into more of that right now because that whole podcast will have it. And also, you know, part of the stuff will exist in one way or another in the West Marches game. Um, now, since I just mentioned the West Marches game, I segued myself right into that one. It has we begun. Have, uh, it has begun. We've got some, we've got players trickling in. Um, we have character creation that has begun. People are logging into Roll20, getting their characters assigned. Um, we have a couple people have uh, put in name suggestions for the Adventures Guild. Heck yeah. Uh, that is step one, is we're having the players uh, submit name suggestions for the guild, and then all the players will vote. And then whatever one gets the most votes will be the name of the Adventures Guild. Don and I have no horse in this race, so to speak. Whatever is there is there. Yeah. Um, if somebody submits something inappropriate, obviously, we're going to kind of... <laughs> Yeah, it's that. But otherwise, it's totally up to the players. Yeah, I mean, it, it still needs to be kind of setting relevant. I, I'm always open to dad joke like little, you know, puns here and there. Punny stuff is great, especially for guild names. I mean, like one of the best blacksmith names I've ever seen is hot metal. Like, I mean, come on, it's it's pretty great. But, you know, seriously, <laughs> it, it, it's really up to the players and what they're going to enjoy. The neat thing is, is as the seasons progress, some of the other seasons in the future that I've been kind of throwing this idea around, and I think Jeff can correct me, but I like the idea of having additional seasons be focused around outposts that the people create and generate so that each season has its own kind of like self-contained cell of a settlement that the players get to work with and deal with. We have uh, a lot of information about our West Marches game, which is available to anyone uh, to joins our open discord community um access to play is regulated to our legendary tier patrons yep. um we just kind of want to reiterate like we're doing a pay for play yes um our main goal with that is not to make money nope the patrons we have right <laughs> now all of the money we've got from these patrons we have reinvested and purchased more books in roll 20 for the game itself yep so we uh, pretty much have most the majority of all of the books that are not yeah modules. The, the primary core books not the setting yeah. specific ones but those are on the list too as the patreon money mm -hmm. comes in uh if yeah if we were doing a rolling tally sheet i'm pretty sure we're in the red as far as labor versus hours versus yeah. pay but i mean yeah. this is our hobby we do it because we love it not because we want money yeah and then the other reason for the pay to play is that gives don and i are both in the pacific time zone pst yep. That gives us incentive to make sure that we create games that allow people in other time zones to play, whether it be Eastern time zone three hours ahead or in one of our previous games, we actually had a player in the Philippines. Yep. So vast time difference. And that gives us more of an incentive to make sure we are supplying games because the goal is for everyone to get games, multiple yeah. games a month. And yeah, that, that, that Patreon resource kind of helps us do things like, uh, well, I guess once a week I'm getting up at three in the morning. That That's just going to yeah. happen. Like, you know, and if, if that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do. And that's yep. it. You know, so we have to, and we're okay with that. Mm -hmm. It just helps keeps keeps us accountable as well because if people are paying for something, we got to make sure we're delivering on that. Yes, it, especially I, I'm not a super big person when it comes to like, hey, I'm getting paid for this kind of thing. In fact, I get a little bit of that. What do you call that? That imposter syndrome thing going oh, yeah. where i'm like imposter. oh oh god there's money now uh okay well i better make sure i do something altruistic like just buy resources for the players <laughs> because yeah. i i want it to be something that 
everybody who plays our marches game is like damn that was cool you know yeah. that that's what we're shooting for we want it to be like okay you know i mean you can spend 50 dollars on a two-hour movie if you go to the theater with loved ones or family or whatever <laughs> if you get 20 bucks a month and you get five or, se- or four or five sessions or six sessions out of the marches game i think it's probably going to be worth the cash yeah i i agree and i also hope so uh, imposter syndrome actually it's funny you mentioned that um i have a list of like tips and different podcasts of things that don and i are planning to do in the future and uh this list hasn't gone live to don yet but imposter syndrome is one of the things i plan on at least touching on if not having it's an entire podcast to that itself because all dms let me repeat and say this again all dms gms whatever term you want to use all of them deal with some level of imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even, the, even people that are paid for it, even the professionals, Matt Mercer, you know, Dave Walters, Brendan Mulligan, Abria, any of them. Yep. If you were to ask them, we'll tell you imposter syndrome is real and, real and they experience it. Yeah, because it's never going to go away fully. All of a sudden you get this massive rush of anxiety. You're like, what am I even doing right now? Is this real life? Exactly. So if you're feeling that, just know it's natural. We all feel it. We understand. Stick with it. Yeah. One thing I did learn from talking to players, though, and this might be helpful to newer DMs who are feeling that, your players, if they're in your group and they're laughing and they're having a great time, don't second guess yourself. You are being the perfect DM for your group. There's always room for growth. Perfection's a goal not something you reach like it's always something that you shoot for but yeah yep yeah next on the docket for this is um released content coming out for june so i had a home game that my partner wanted me to run for her and some friends of hers because some of them had never gotten a chance to play DD, and two of them decided to be circle of the moon druids all right yeah transformers so i spent a pretty much a full day creating an excel sheet that has the different types of druid wild shapes organized by the terrain and i've talked to people you know there's been some conversations on twitter and and this is a tool a lot of people think they're going to enjoy now i know there's plenty of like card sets you can buy that have druid wild shapes and things like that but what i wanted for myself and for them was a quick reference sheet where you can just control f find it or you can search through terrain be okay i'm in this terrain i know these wild shapes this is what i have access to you know and so we've worked that up um with the recently released book uh Mordekainen's Monsters of the Multiverse, they added a few more beasts to that book that did not exist previously. Oy, um, beasties. So I have a few more things to add to this list, and then we'll do, you know, a whole edit and you yep. know, proofread and everything. But that is the content that will be coming out exclusively for our Patreon members um, in June. Yeah. So and be, on I, lookout, be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I, I would point out that it is going to still, in fact, be a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to get away from a spreadsheet, especially if we want to continually add beasts or even update yeah. as versions come out. Uh, yeah. We yeah. might be able to stylize it a little bit. Like one of the things I added was I color coded it based on terrain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and... was trying a little bit of background here. I was trying to find like terrain like background <laughs> on this on this excel sheet to make it look pretty and i was just i found some stuff that looked good but then getting the text readable and i was having all these problems oh like, it's just a pain in the ass i mean i was showing i was like i was like don take a look at this what can you do what do you what do you think and he goes he, he sends back sends me back a message later on that day i sent it to him he's like take a look at what i did see how you like this 
and I look at it and all the background images I had put on it are gone. Yep. And I'm like, wait, that and I'm looking and he had changed like the colors to kind of match the terrain types. So like, you know, the Arctic had some blues and whites and different things and the forests had different shades of green for the background color. And I was like, you know what? That kind of works too. I kind of like that. And that's probably our best yeah, middle uh, ground to I mean, actually get this out there. When it comes to spreadsheets, they're more for data than they are prettiness. So, I mean, that's, that's like yeah. the best we're going to get. Especially with yeah. Google Sheets. But so, for a quick reference, it's going to be perfect for druids, especially that are playing in marches that want to try out different druid builds or any of that. Because as they move out in the marches terrain, they're going to discover all sorts of creatures and things that they're going to be able to use. Oh yeah, um, and I will be updating this as more beasts are brought to my attention. If you happen to be a Patreon member or get you know catch this some point in time, if you notice that there's a beast missing, let me know and I will throw it on there and we'll re-release a new re-release a new version. Um, and I will, like I said, I will be updating this as we go. Uh, Don is also working on making a PDF with a little like card type cutouts that you can do yeah of uh, off of this table as well and that will be something mind that you out as an option in the future like down the line not yeah. next month <laughs> yeah mind you that that one is kind of one of those elective things that i'm just kind of throwing around because of legalese and wizards of the coast and all that jazz it's only gonna have srd stuff yeah i i can't add more than srd unfortunately and you know it might be a copy and paste of something else that's out there but i like my format because it's going to be sorted by color and by terrain so for me it makes my brain happier yeah um we're not going to talk a whole lot about but we will kind of jump back in time a little bit too we've got a uh, luminary feat that has been released <laughs> yeah for any of you that may have seen wayne's world yes we're old Flashback. moving on <laughs> moving on um yeah we have the um luminary feat that's been released we also have the marionette race that dawn has created that has been released there's also um, by the time you're listening to this there's probably templates on youtube to be able to play a marionette put all the information into roll 20 which is something we are offering to the players of our west marches game if they want to play the marionette race yep we are allowing that in our west marches game and are actually highly like hoping people will give it a try because you know we've play tested it but we would love to see other people you know give it a try and see what they think yeah uh there'll be pre-made templates which can just literally copy and paste for characters that way all of the custom race contents already filled in for you you just pick whichever subspecies you want and boom you're off to go it it saves so much time and that's what that youtube the last youtube video and the marionette playlist for now i might throw some story elements in there to give some people inspiration but that's one of those asmr this might be something that's good for a story. I don't know. Um, and you can expect our next, uh, one of our next podcasts also to include the uh, story so far from our West Marches game. We plan on doing those at least once or twice a month. Yep. Um, inviting players to come in and to give a little bit of information or background about what's been going on for their characters and things like that. Yeah, we really Uh, want to be able to keep the audience that's not Patreon subscribers kind of up to date on what's going on with the Marches game. So that way, if you do eventually decide to join in, you don't run in and you're like, oh, great. There's like 50,000 walls of text I have to read. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's all for this update. Uh, Anything else you want to throw out there before we sign off, Don? 
Um, there's going to be a lot of chaos this month. I can definitely tell that the last time I checked the date, it was like May 3rd or 4th. And so we are hopping with these indie games. We are getting ready to do all these campaign diaries. We are trying to really prioritize getting some really decent sessions of marches in. I mean, just keep an eye out for everything we're working on because it's just going to snowball and everything is content, right? Everything is content. Uh, we've we tried to we've had some recording issues the past few weeks. Oh boy, um, nothing on our end. Just ISP um, and you know weather and different things have made it so recording was not an option. Like we tried, but you know, when, <laughs> yeah. when one of us is freezing for ten to thirty seconds periodically, it's kind of hard to do a recording when one person is freezing randomly and yeah. most likely during the middle of them saying something. So we've gotten today looks like a good day weather and ISP wise. So we're trying to knock out some content before our live play and we're excited for that. So yep. stay tuned. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, join our Patreon, join our discord community. If you have questions about anything, like post them there. We are more than happy to engage in conversation, answer questions. We just, you know, want to be a part of this community we want to share what we know and what we love with everyone and yeah even if you the goal even if you 100 percent disagree with everything we say let us know why yeah we are not going to get upset at that everybody's entitled to an opinion and you know we might we there's a chance we can grow and learn from somebody telling us that they don't like something and why because yeah sometimes it is hard when you're creating something that you love to look at it objectively objectively yeah <laughs> no yeah, that's one of the things we were actually talking about before this podcast was I was talking to Jeff about how, how much we beat on each other's documents when we're working on them because it's not because we hate each other. It's because we want to try to make it the best we can. And when you love something, it's so subjective that it gives you rose-colored glasses. You don't mm-hmm. see the errors. And so if somebody totally disagrees, it's pretty pretty high percentage that you're going to see something that they see that you don't and that's valuable all right well that's that'll be it for uh season two episode one um if you don't know why we're all of a sudden on season two you can check our season one podcast to find out but basically don's computer uh his hard drive bricked yeah we lost a lot of recordings content informations and we've been building it back up so we're like you know what clean slate season two moving forward that's what we got. Yep. And I owe a big apology to the Patreon patrons we have because about 12 hours of crap folder got deleted and it was gold. I apologize. We'll just have to make more crap. I haven't listened to I wasn't able to listen to it all, so I don't know if I agree or disagree with that statement, but we'll see. Anyways, till next time, everybody. Yep. Stay legendary, folks. Mm-hmm.